I think of my life in two parts before my exchange and after my exchange. And I think I came back a very different version of myself than when I left. Welcome to Family Travel Radio, the official podcast of the Family Travel Association. Family Travel Radio is on the air, helping you discover the world of possibilities family travel has to offer. Well, hey there, it's Aaron Schlein here, and welcome back to Family Travel Radio, where we bring you the people and places that inspire life-changing family travel. If you've been listening to Family Travel Radio for a while, you know how strongly I feel and how strongly the members of the Family Travel Association feel about the important role that travel plays in our kids' education. And today on the show, you're going to hear my conversation with Anna Levin, a young lady who took that harmonious relationship between education and travel to another level. Anna is from Florida, and she spent one year living in Estonia as part of the Rotary Youth Exchange Program when she was just 15 years old. And to add another layer to Anna's story, her mother Lauren is also part of the conversation. Lauren shares with us her goal of raising a global child and gives us a candid look at a high school student's year abroad from a parent's perspective. Ready? Here we go. Lauren Goldenberg and her daughter Anna are joining us today on Family Travel Radio. Lauren's love for exploration and world culture changed after the birth of her daughter, Anna, who's joining us today, and Lauren made it her mission to raise a global citizen. Anna spent her sophomore year of high school in Estonia as part of the Rotary Youth Exchange and has traveled extensively, and we're going to talk a lot about that experience today. Lauren, Anna, welcome to Family Travel Radio. Thank you. Hello. Lauren. Before we get started down the, the Rotary Youth Exchange conversation, you spent years traveling the globe on the men's tennis tour. Now, that's fascinating. Talk about that for just a minute, that, that experience. It was amazing. I always had an interest in tennis, but I was not going to make it as a player. So when I got a master's degree in sports administration, it led me to that avenue for work. And I ended up as a communications manager on the men's tennis tour and got to travel around the globe and was basically a liaison between the press and the players on the men's tour. And I ended up traveling about five and a half years, pretty much full time on the tour, which was wonderful. Does it fall into that kind of rock star category where it seems really cool on the outside, but it's a lot of hard work and grind on the inside? Tell me about it. I mean, from the player side, it's still very rock and roll. They're very uh, well pampered on the tour, but the staff that goes along with the tour between the press, trainers, chair umpires, you know, various assorted people, it's a grind, you know, to keep all the moving parts in order, but it was great fun. I mean, I I wouldn't trade that experience for the world, even, you know, days where we worked, you know, very long hours to come back the next day, work very long hours, you know, seven days in a row, and then hit another tournament the next week. It was a lot of fun. Yeah, it sounds like it. And another another interesting bit about, about you, Lauren, I'd like to touch on just before we move on. Lauren and I became Facebook friends just a few weeks back. And the very first, very first item I saw in your Facebook feed, Lauren, was a video of you powerlifting. And I didn't know you very well at all. Didn't know you were a powerlifter. And I just thought that was the coolest thing. Tell me about, about that in your life, powerlifting. Actually, I'm an Olympic weightlifter, which is a little bit different than powerlifting. See, look at me with the bad with the bad lingo. 
No, no, no worries. Um, <laughs> I, I started going to CrossFit about five years ago and just fell in love. Um, I didn't realize that I was actually a lot stronger than I thought I was because I usually am working out with people in their 20s and 30s. And I'm in my mid-50s, late 50s. So uh, I started looking at some records and saw that, hey, I could do that. So I started uh, going to local tournaments went to my first national, two national events, and I'm going to my first international world championship event in Montreal next month. And it's so much fun. I just, I'm having a blast with that. That is awesome. Anna, chime in here. What do you think about your mom's weightlifting prospects for the future? It's amazing. She's this tiny woman who can lift all this weight. It's amazing. Whenever I tell anybody about my mother, I say, you know, she's a travel agent. She's a great person. She's an international weightlifter. Like it just kind of falls in there. It's really fantastic. Just an all around badass kind of. Yeah, pretty much. It's really fun that you can compete against people who are in your same weight class and age group. It's very structured that way. So it's kind of fair. Well, that's cool. I, I just like what you said about st- kind of starting from more or less from, from scratch. And it's that you must have had a lot of goals and put in a lot of hard work over the last five years or so to get where you are. To me, it's not work. To me, it's just, it's, it's fun. It's stress relief. It's, it's a community. It's family. It's, it's, it's the best. Yeah. When you, when you love the process that's when you found something you can really get behind and stick with. I love that. Travel is that for me. I love the process. I love everything about it. So let's shift the conversation from weightlifting and tennis into travel. And let's talk specifically about you, Anna. So take me back to that sophomore year in high school. Tell me about your life leading up to that point and your decision to take a year in Estonia. Well, my freshman year of high school, actually, it all began in the fall. I had spent most of my life in the same town, and I was ready to see a little bit more. To I, I had traveled my whole life. That had always been very important to my parents for me to go visit other places, but I felt like I needed a more complete experience. I needed to live somewhere else. You know, I wanted, I wanted more out of my experience. We found Rotary International Youth Exchange, and it just seemed like the perfect program for me. So in October of that year, my freshman year, we started the application process and spent the whole year getting ready. And I left the following August. Before we dive into some of those details, because we're going to get into all of it, take me a little bit deeper into your mindset at that age. So you're 15-ish? I was 14 when I left. 14. Okay. I feel like the way you described your, your mindset, that's a pretty advanced way of thinking, more of an adult way of thinking. So what puts your mind in that mindset to begin with? I've kind of always been mature for my age. I'm an only child. So I grew up around a lot of adults and I got to travel a lot as a kid, which is not an experience that most people get. So I was probably the most traveled person leaving with my outbound group, even though I was the youngest person. Well, tell me about those travels as a kid. Well, we went all over starting with... When you were two to Spain. Mm-hmm. Trips I don't even remember. It was my goal to raise a global citizen. So that travel was just a big part of that. Well, it says that right there in your bio. And you definitely walk the walk, Lauren. That's not, that's not window dressing. That is super 
super awesome. So you're, mm-hmm. you spent all that time traveling as a young kid. So you get to 14 mm-hmm. and you've already done a lifetime's worth of travel, at least for a lot of people. Yeah. And now you're, you're looking for that, that next thing you want to take it to that next level and actually spend some real deep, mm-hmm. impactful time on the ground overseas. And you discover Rotary Youth Exchange. Let's talk about that. Yeah. Well, I was ready to do some traveling on my own. I had always been on trips that my mother had planned. And I'm very, very lucky because she worked from home and owned her own agency. We could travel at times when maybe other people couldn't or for longer periods of time because she could work from pretty much anywhere. I was just ready to do things maybe a little more my way and to be on my own for a little bit. I was really just ready for a change of scene. I think I wanted something different that would challenge me and it really did. I I learned a lot. I kind of think of my life in two parts before my exchange and after my exchange, because there's really no other way to, to think about it. I think I came back a very different version of myself than when I left. That, that's a pretty powerful point when you can really look at your life in two clear and distinct chapters like that. Mm-hmm. Lauren, take me back to, to this period of time. What were those initial conversations like when Anna says, Hey Ma, I want to take a, I want to take a year and go overseas. And this travel bug you gave me, it's, it's doing crazy things to me and I want to go explore it. Well, I think we accidentally stumbled upon the Rotary Exchange. Mm-hmm. I don't even remember how we quite found it, but when we found it, both of us was like, bingo, that's it. I knew I wanted her to have the experience. She knew she wanted to have the experience. So we were really on the same page. Mm-hmm. I think you may have brought it to me first, actually. I, I think so. And then when we started going to their programming introductions, we knew that it was a really well-organized group out of the state of Florida. It's different in every part of the world, the way they operate. But the program here in Florida is run by some really strong volunteers. So we knew we were in the right place. It was a perfect fit. Mm-hmm. Dig a little deeper into that, what they, the Rotary Youth Exchange as an organization, their mission and how, and how they're living out that mission. Well, basically the one reason they want to do it with high schoolers is they want to get them at a time where they're really not that set in the ways of thinking. They really want to expose them at a time where they're more open to the experiences than maybe in college or after college. So it is their goal to bring high schoolers to other places for that cultural experience. The Florida Rotary Youth Exchange is run through the various chapters in Florida. It's just an amazing program, the way they run it. They really prepare these kids for success. They don't want to have kids sent home for whatever reason. So they do a really good job at making sure that they're ready to go. And the year I was applying, I was actually friends with a girl who I didn't realize until afterwards was in the process of getting ready to go. So she was a year ahead of me and she went to India. So she was telling me all about the kind of programming that they were doing to get ready to go. And it all sounded very well done and really comprehensive. So I was like, yes, absolutely. Sign me up. So before you got into this circle with the, this group and the, the Rotary Youth Exchange, what was it like amongst your, just your day-to-day peers, fellow, fellow classmates in, ter- in terms of travel, travel and global perspective, did you have people your age who you connected with? Not so much. So most of my classmates, most of my peers didn't really travel. I would say maybe half of them had passports, whereas I've had a passport since I was a baby before I can remember. So I didn't really have that kind of group where I could discuss my experiences and relate to them. But I found that 
when I went on exchange and met all of the kids from all over the world who all had the same kind of ideas. And we were all experiencing the same thing together. So it was a really powerful bonding tool. What was nice is she was at a performing arts high school for high school. And it was one of the most racially diverse schools in the city where our other high school was was not very diverse. Mm-hmm. So that, that was really a nice start for high school. And then she also attended a theater arts summer camp where she was surrounded by some kids who had a little bit more international experience. She even had some girls in her a bunk one summer who were from Lebanon. So, you know, here and there, she'd had a little exposure. And with other family members, she had some exposure to other people who were traveling. But Jacksonville is a kind of a small town. And a lot of the kids that go on Rotary, they've actually never even left the country. And they're going abroad. So a lot of them have to get passports for this reason, which I thought was very interesting. So you were really positioned kind of as a leader Anna, in this, in this group, being someone with the, having the travel experience that you had. Is that that how it felt? The travel experience I had was very different from what I was preparing for on my exchange. I was used to group trips with my parents, whereas this was like getting ready to go to school in another country or how to get around a city when you don't speak any of the language and things that I had never had to do before. So we were fairly even in our experience with that. But I did feel a little more comfortable with just international travel in general. So that's how she ended up in Estonia. Um, They told us when she applied, because she was fairly well-traveled, that they would send her to a place that was a little more remote. Yeah, they typically save Western Europe for people with a little less experience, because I guess they're more used to international travelers coming in. Whereas as soon as I put down Estonia, I knew I was going there. (laughs) Well, that really speaks to like you were talking about earlier, just the thoughtful planning and setting the students up to succeed. So let's, let's get into it. So you're, you're ready to go. You're ready to move out. You're a sophomore in high school. You're headed to Estonia. Walk me through that, that trip and just start at the beginning and how it, what'd you do and how did it change you? Started in Finland, right? Uh, yeah, I did actually start in Finland. I left right before my 15th birthday. So I had my birthday at a language camp that we had in Finland because uh, Estonia is very small. So they're grouped together with Finland as far as the Rotary district goes. So everybody goes to Finland all together to start. Well, we learn all about Finnish culture and Finnish way of life. Out of the 150 kids that are there, the six of us going to Estonia and we're all sitting in the back like, is any of this relevant to us? No? Okay, that's fine. But it was a lot of fun. We were at a language camp for a week with all of the incoming students in Finland and Estonia, where they really kind of made us feel comfortable. They spent some time working on just basics of language with us, some cultural things that we needed to be aware of. So that was a really nice way to ease us into the experience. About a week later, we got on a ferry, crossed the Gulf of Finland, landed in Tallinn and got picked up by our host families to begin our exchange years. So that was very scary, but also very cool. What was, what was scary? Getting picked up by a new family and (laughs) being like, okay, this is my home now. These are the people I live with for the next, however many months. It's always a little nerve wracking, but it was exciting too. They do set it up in a way where, you know, your family before you will go. So I had at least had some contact with my host brother before I got there. So they knew to like, just little things like what kind of food I liked, or he could tell me little things about the way the family works or 
traditions that they have or things that they do that I need to be aware of. So it was a little less scary than it could have been. But I had just turned 15 and I was about to have a new family. So of course, it's a little frightful. I can imagine. I'm just trying to put myself in that situation. It's scary even as a as an adult going into yeah. a very, <laughs> very foreign culture and knowing you're going to be there for a long time. Like it's this isn't just a week-long trip. They don't let the parents get in touch with the students for like two months. Yeah. And they don't let the parents visit until like the third quarter of their stay. And they actually stayed with more, multiple families. Mm-hmm. And Rotary does that. One is so one family's not doesn't have a student for too long. And two, because they know that each family in these countries lives a little differently. So Anna had her first family that was half Russian, half Estonian. Her second family uh, had their children in French uh, schools. And the third family was like from Sweden. Mm -hmm. So, you know, each family was very different. And that was kind of neat to experience. Well, I'm sure they had a method to their madness, but what's up with the no contact for two months? Well, you can understand that kids might get a little homesick and it's really tempting to bail or to quit when you first get there and things are difficult and you don't have friends and you don't understand anything. It's the same reason when I would go to summer camp, we were not allowed to have our cell phones for the first week that we were there because it's part of the process. It's going to be hard, but it gets better. So it's giving the kids the time to get a little bit better before they start reaching out to their parents. Rotary does tell the parents that they got there. Everything's fine. You know, they, they don't tell, give you no, no. information. Yeah. So what was going through your mind though, Lauren, during those, those couple of months where all you can do is speculate about what's going on over there? I knew she was fine. I I didn't, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have sent her unless I knew she was, she was, would be okay. I mean, I did cry at the airport thinking I was going to lose a year of her life and that life experience as well. You know, it's something you like to share, but um, I I cried a lot of my way there. (laughs) I was like, what am I doing? Why have I done this? And then I arrived and I was like, oh, right. This is why. But I knew she was in good hands. Yeah. Yeah. The, the the safety thing aside, I wasn't trying to insinuate that she might have been unsafe or anything. I, I'm sure that everything was fine. But just but just as a mother, knowing that your your daughter's going through all these new experiences and meeting all these new people, and she probably has a million stories, and you don't get to hear any of them for for sixty days. That's that feels like it would be nail biting. But I understood it. They prepared the parents as well as they did the kids. So we we were all on the same page that way. While we were in programming, our parents were also in programming. So they were prepared too. It's a, it's a group, it's a group effort. I love that. So take me through a little bit further down the track throughout the year. You're, you're, you're starting a new school and you're, you're meeting new people. What's that like? Of course, you know, starting a new school anywhere is a little nerve wracking, let alone in a country where you don't speak the same language as any of the students. My classmates were welcoming Although the Estonians are a rather cold people, <laughs> so they would be nice to me, but they didn't necessarily invite me to things or ask me to hang out. But that's where I found that the other exchange students, not just Rotary exchange students, there was a fairly small group of us, and we would get together all of the time, either in Tallinn or in the other major city in Tartu, because it was only a two-hour drive. And so my best friends ended up being... Mexican, Belgian, Australian, Taiwanese, Brazilian, yes, as well as the Estonians. It really was the other exchange students there who made the process a lot easier because we were all going through the same thing together. And when we had really rough days or when something 
maybe not so good happened at home and we couldn't really talk to people about it or nobody understood, we could talk to each other. You hit on an interesting point talking about the Estonian people. You described them as air quotes cold. And I understand what you're trying to say. Yeah. But given the amount of time that you got to spend in that culture, I would imagine that you got to know them and got to under have a deeper understanding of the, the people in their culture as opposed to the simple tourists who might blow through for a few days and mm-hmm. then leave saying, oh, those Estonians are just cold-blooded people where you actually got to spend time and really get to know them. So t- talk about that. Yeah, I lived through the winter, so I understood why nobody makes eye contact when you're walking <laughs> down the street because in the winter, which is you know a good half the year, it's so cold that like you're only outside to get from point A to point B. You walk with your head down to avoid getting snow in your eyes and you move as quickly as possible. You ignore everybody else. And so when summer rolled around again and I started doing that, it made a lot more sense. She also got to know like the whole culture with the Russians that were still left behind Mm -hmm. after the Soviet Union broke up. And And she also was very close with her host sister. They were really like sisters. And uh, yes, my host sister from my first family, I just went to visit in London the other month because we're still very close. And my host brother from my first family came to visit me where I live now in Prague during the spring. So I am still in touch with them. I still consider them family. Well, I want to talk about living in Prague. I'm just going to kind of bookmark that for a minute. And while we finish out your, your year in, in Estonia, I'm curious about the, about the education, both the education you received when you were there and then the arrangements that had to be made on the Florida end to make sure that everything got, got done and you didn't miss out on jumping through all the various hoops you need to jump through to, to finish school. So talk about that. I had a bit of a special circumstance going to a audition only high school where I was in a program that I had to audition for in the first place. So when I came back, I kind of had to re-audition, but it was more of a formality. As far as the academics go, I had made a choice my freshman year when I knew that I wanted to go abroad to take an extra academic class to relieve myself of some of the workload that I would have to do. As far as schooling in Estonia, I didn't get any grades for that. None of it really counted for anything. It was more about the social experience where I know in some countries there is comparable marks for things. My district here in my school would not accept anything, which was okay because I had prepared for it. I know some people do have to stay in school an extra year. I was lucky I did not. I still got to graduate with my grade. Okay. So that sounds like you set yourself up for success with all those, all that extra work you did on the front end. But had you not have done that, that your time in Estonia essentially was, was creditless. Is that right? Yes. It was a yeah. year off of school, except for the online classes, which was kind of nice at 15. Well, that's, that, that's, that's fascinating. And actually I had no idea. I didn't know that that was the case, or at least in the program you were in. I always just mm-hmm. imagined study abroad, you go over there and you check some boxes for school that, that you get to bring back with you. But that's, that's an even deeper commitment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, most, most, the majority don't. The majority do lose the school year and some do take it as a gap year. They wait until after they graduate and do it the year later. But there are some countries who will not take students who have already graduated. So right. it does limit their options. But it, it's so totally worth it. Even for the kids that came back from their exchange and just went back into the year they missed. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was one student that regretted that decision. I mean, we're lucky now that we can take so many classes online. So even if a student comes back and has missed a year and did not prepare ahead of time, there are classes they can take online to make up some of those credits 
work that can be done over the summer. So if they really still want to graduate on time, they can. Well, that's a very, again, a very mature perspective for someone that age to have that long-term view of it's only one year. At the end of the day, when you know, when you're in your 30s and 40s and you won't even care about that year, but when you're 14 and 15, mm-hmm. that one year might as well be a decade. It's just, it feels so, mm-hmm. so compelling, but to have that, that forward thinking vision, let's credit travel with it. I don't know. And, mm-hmm. we'll, and we'll credit your mother as well. Yes. Thank you, mama. So fast forward, you... Okay finished school and now you're back living in Prague. What's the story? Well, I graduated from university last spring and I got my bachelor's in linguistics from the University of Florida. And I really, really wanted to go to grad school, but not right away. I knew how much my exchange year had changed my life and I had been teaching English at UF's English Language Institute for two years. At the University of Florida. Mm -hmm. And I knew I enjoyed teaching English. I had spent my summers for the past two years uh, working at a hostel in Tel Aviv where I had met an American girl who had gone to Prague to teach English. She told me a little bit about the program she did. I thought that sounded great and figured I would take a gap year before going back to grad school to do that. Now that gap year has now turned into two because I actually have a fairly good job (laughs) working at a primary school. So I'm kind of seeing where this goes for now. I would still like to go back to school at some point, but I'm happy where I am. It's a very interesting experience. I also live with expats. So it's kind of that exchange student thing all over again. We're there to support each other. You know, we're there for each other on days where the Czech people might be a little too much to handle or you have a rough time with someone on public transport. You get yelled at by someone in the supermarket. Like we all kind of understand each other. So it's helpful to have that kind of family. It's that super cool. Gosh, and man, you got me, you just got my mind spinning about the years mm-hmm. gone by. And this would, this would have been something I think I would have really loved had it been an opportunity for me years ago. But looking forward, there's so many kids, including my own, for whom this could be a fantastic opportunity. And I really just wanted to get your story out there just to show the, the impact that travel can have on young people. And then you took it to a, a, a much higher level, much higher than most and seems to be doing just wonderful things for you and really appreciate you sharing your story. Before we go, Anna, you have a whole story written up at Rotary Youth Exchange, Florida, mm-hmm. and you put a quote right at the end of your bio. It says, anybody remotely interesting is mad in some way or another from Doctor Who. What does that mean to you? And how mad are you? I mean, mad isn't crazy a little bit because like what normal person has ever done anything that's very interesting? I mean, I feel like everybody has to be a little crazy, especially if you decide to leave your home for a year at 14. You got to be a little crazy. But I think the best things come from people who are a little crazy. Well, madness certainly is subjective. I don't think you're mad. I think you're awesome. And Lauren, you as well. Thank you. Just want to kind of wrap up here. What's what's next? What's in the next chapter for you, Lauren? Well, I'm still operating my agency. I work with my sister, so we are truly family travel. She is in Philadelphia. I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. It's been a great business for us. My sister and I both were able to be stay-at-home moms and full-time working moms and raise our children under this wonderful world global citizen umbrella. And I am so excited to see what Anna's next step is. Me too. (laughs) Yeah. She's she's a, a bright girl with a bright future. 
I, I think we're all excited and hopefully one day you come back and share what's going on because the story, it's really just beginning, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> We've talked a lot about the Rotary Youth Exchange and my friends out there listening, I'm going to have links to all this stuff, including Anna's story at rotaryyouthexchangeflorida.org. I'll have links for that in the show notes at familytravel.org slash radio. And Lauren, I know we didn't really get into too much about what you do for a living, but your travel agency is at thefamilytraveler.com. That's traveler with one L, thefamilytraveler.com. We'll also have that linked up in the show notes as well. Lauren and Anna, thank you so much for, for brightening my day and hopefully brightening the day of all of our listeners out there. Really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you. Thank you. As always, I really hope you enjoyed this episode of Family Travel Radio. The notes for this episode and for every episode of the podcast are available at familytravel.org slash radio. I'll see you right back here next Monday. But for now, this is Aaron Schlein for Family Travel Radio, and I am signing off. Yeah, yeah.